0: galloway is a construction manager and consultant commercial and residential builder and a certified inspector for all commercial and residential buildings and now here is about the house with troy galloway welcome back folks to about the house this is your humble host troy galloway owner of galloway building services we're really happy to have everybody on board with us today we're going to have a great show a little bit about the house about about the house if i may use that more than once is that we are a very unique show We actually have, it's like an audio university of everything you could ever possibly want to know about your home. We got a lot of shows in the archives that you could go to podcast and YouTube TV, that's what makes it an audio university is because you can go back and research a lot of the different topics that we've had over the last few years and we've had a lot of great shows and a lot of great hosts or guests on here and and subject matters and from engineered wood to real estate trading clubs to brokerages real estate agents we've had uh, detectors and sewer um, you name it we probably had it and we got a whole lot more to go over just a whole world of everything about your house and so that's what we try to do is try to make this an educational program but we also try to have a fun with it at the same time. So if we can do both at the same time, I am a professional educator. I, actually, I own Galloway Building Services. I'm the owner, which is actually a home inspection and building construction inspection company. Whether you buy and sell your, your home or your business, we do that. But also, I am a professional educator, and I teach. Actually, I teach at a college. I also am registered with the Missouri Real Estate Board teaching real estate agents building science classes so I, I, as you could tell i really do enjoy the educational part of it and there's one thing i really love about this show a lot is that construction nerds like myself we can go back and listen to these things and listen over and over and and people like myself if i find something that's really interesting and i say it all the time hey, grab your pen and paper because you're going to have notes you're going to want to go back and look at but a lot of times, I'll have to re-back up and listen to this show and uh, different things. Because even I, I even when I do my research, there's this things I discover that I didn't even know. And I've been doing this now. Actually, I was just doing a quick estimate. 44 years. So, I guess that kind of says that I got a little snow on the roof. But like, like I tell everybody, heck, I'm just tickled I got snow on that roof, you know? <laughs> the alternatives is a bald mountaintop. But anyway... A little bit about Galloway Building Services. Uh, We talked about the show, but let's talk about Galloway Building Services a little bit. What makes us very unique, just like this radio show, is, yeah, we do home inspections, building inspections, but commercial inspections. Well, a lot of home inspectors Actually, they think they know how to do commercial inspections, but they really don't. They take a little bit. It's like home inspections. They take a class. They become a 300 We call it a $350 genius. You know, you pay, take a test and you know everything. Well, folks like myself that are out there in the inspection world, we're actually, I'm like myself, I'm a building engineer. Also, I have a master carpenter cart. I have been a builder and still do a little bit of spec building. Uh... All these years for over 40 some years so you know that kind of puts us at a very unique situation that other inspectors don't do but what also don't we do we do well say if you got a problem on your construction job uh do you want to make sure it's being done right or you just know it's not done right and you need to have a professional come in just to confirm what you already know well we do it all the time actually we got several big jobs going right now just doing just that uh, we also do trip and fall. So say if you get hurt on somebody's property or if your landlord maybe uh, didn't take care of his property right now, it's unsafe. Well, that's what we get hired for. We come in, look at it, talk about the, any kind of it's a business OSHA standards. You know, we want to make sure if it's in a you know building that people live in, that is safe for you to be in. We also do health issues. You know, somebody getting, you know, and it happens all the time. Somebody gets sick you know, and they keep getting sick, they can't figure out what's happening inside their house, you call us and we can help you out with that. We also help folks out with, say, if you're getting a divorce and one party has to pay for the other party's part of the house. Well, heck, fire. You don't want to pay more than what the house is worth. But if you get an appraisal, an appraisers are only going to do what the national or the average of that neighborhood sells for. Not if that house has not been maintained or if you got problems. So because... We have the ability from our construction experience not only to inspect it, but to give a cost versus value analysis to the report. Now, for just nickels on the dollar, you can literally save yourself thousands of dollars from having not having to pay for a house that you know giving value to something that's not there so that's kind of why we love to talk about what we're doing here and that's what this show's about so you too can be educated and you too will not be able to get ripped off you know what's our motto of our business making sure that you're getting what you paid for the job is being done right and you're not getting ripped off and, uh, you know, you see, I I, I I talk about that. I preach that all the time to all our people on our company. You hear it on our YouTube videos. Oh, go check out our YouTube videos. I bet we have, I bet we got close to 300 or more YouTube videos out there now uh, that you can go and they're all educational. a lot of great stuff hey and if when you do go there hit like and subscribe we're posting about every two a week or so uh, videos uh, so you can be up to date with the crazy lunacy of this world and the things that we find and then if you got something that you like to present give me a hot call and we will definitely come out there and look at yours and take care of that for you and then if we could post it on youtube and then also what I really like on that is that we have a lot of comments, and on a comment section is there's a that's a great learning educational uh, format too because a lot of the people that are commenting have great ideas, great thoughts, so it's a lot of fun. Well, folks, hey, we're going to jump right into today's show. I've enough about myself. Let's get on to some of this education. Now, this one here today, I've been wanting to do this show for quite a while, and I kind of wanted to wait until it was time. Seasonal appropriate, like a lot of our shows, you know, that we've had out there. Seasonal appropriate. And because this show actually goes, oh, you know, I got people that listen to this show all over the United States. Actually, we're even getting reports that we're getting people up from Canada listening. So I thought this was a great time to talk about this. And that is how to fireproof your home. Now, there's a lot of things out here, just flat common sense that sometimes we just don't think about. But there's a lot of other things in here that we don't even dawn on us that are available to us from living in our homes to building our homes. You know, when we build a home, we literally can do tons of work to make sure different applications of making sure our home don't burn down. Now, yes, we have fires from inside our home, uh, but we also... And we all hear it every year, the sadness of the homes being burnt from these wildfires. It happens more than it ever should happen. We're not going to get into the politics of the insanity of why they allow this to happen. uh, But they do so what can you do? You can't stop the idiocy of the government doing what they're doing about not helping us, and uh, hey, and God bless them firemen and them, you know, all them government, them people work for the government, and we love them, and we appreciate them greatly, but let's do our share so we can take the load off of them so they could focus on other areas of fire prevention, and we are a asset not a liability so let's start with going on the outside of our home and then we're going to work our way in and so we hear a lot of what's happening inside the houses to help us out but let's talk about a little bit about the outside what we can do to protect our homes and that's to create a border around your home like a fireproof barrier, you know, uh, fire break was what some place people call it. And so what you can do to help yourself with that is, you know, have gravel and concrete as a great fire line or fire break. Because it does it stops it from having a fire from coming across, or you know, like if it's a grass fire or something, it stops it from actually rolling across. It stops right there at the tracks, or at the driveway, or at the road. And so you want to make sure that you, if you can, put yourself a barrier. And if you can't, have a man-made barrier like the, like a driveway or a concrete or or gravel or something. Then what we like to see done is this have us a green zone. What's a green zone? Uh, It's actually just like a grassy area that's not dead grass. You try to keep it wet. You kind of have a nice lawn, you know, because they don't go across that lawn, that green grass very well at all. But, I mean, that's the second best way of doing it. We would prefer the hard surface, but if not, that works fabulous. Now, you can also do some other things around your house. And, and this what I when I was doing my research, of course, I don't live in some of these areas, uh though I got family that do but there's there's things that you could do out there, like believe this, fire retardant plants that grow close to the ground that's another good area that you put in that green zone that we're talking about, but put these around your house they look very pretty, but some of the fire resistant plants includes the California lilac. I, I I'd never even heard of such a thing until I was looking at this research. You know, they're very pretty. When I looked it up, they're really awesome. Ornamental strawberries, yellow ice plants, French lavender. I, I didn't even know there was such a thing. All of these just absolutely gorgeous. And there's a whole lot of these different plants that you can look up and put around your home. Some of us that live in fire areas plus heavy deer populated area there are absolutely plants that help us with our fire and help us keep the deer from eating our plants i got out in the garden today them gum deer in there eating my tomato plants faster than i could even grow them you know i don't mind sharing but whoa come on now uh you know just don't be so greedy uh anyway (laughs) they care like they know it is poor things but look for plants hey look for plants that are low resin and high in moisture content also try like we talked about this fire break zone try to keep this about 100 feet around your home Uh, and if you can like 100 feet away from your home and that way, sparks and embers and such won't be able to blow up onto your home. And then clear around all your other st- structures, too. Like, make sure you got all your stuff cleaned up around your sheds and all the undergrowth. This is why we're having a lot of our forest fires out there, is because of all we don't get rid of our undergrowth properly. Now, in my state that I live in, uh, we I do a great job with that. But other states, they don't believe in that But really keeping all that underbrush cleaned up, especially on your own property, because that is just, I mean, that's just fuel for the fire. So make sure you take care of that. Uh, number two, make sure the fire trucks can can access your home. Really, you know, as crazy as that sounds, a lot of people, you know, more in the rural areas, you, you, you think rural areas, and that's true, they literally have a places that, it's hard to get a big fire truck in. They can get their little pickup truck in or their car, uh, but they got so much brush and tree overhang and stuff, they can't get a regular-sized fire truck into it. Well, heck, them poor volunteer fire department, them are the ones that work out there in the rural area, they don't even have a fighting chance. And God bless them men they're out, and women, they're out there trying to help you, but they literally don't have access to get into your property. Also, if if you can, if you're in the rural area, Make sure that you actually, if you can, try to have a pond so that they can have a place that they can actually draw the water out of. Besides of what they bring on the truck, what they actually can just bring out. Now, I had a home fire on the river. Uh, I have a home on an island on the Mississippi River, really an awesome place. Well, that house burnt down, and but it, you know, just because by the time they got out there, it was a little late, and I wasn't home to catch it. But we had the luckily, we had the river. And they was able to draw the water after they run out of water that they brought with them. They was able just to pump it right out of the river. So this is a great idea. They got pumps and such, and they're prepared for this. Now, fire truck access is also a problem in our cities. Some of our inner cities, they have so much debris, so much trash on the streets, so much garbage. They can't get the fire trucks down through it. So you try to do a community organizing to help yourselves and you, your friends and your neighbors keep the areas that so as that you have an access to the fire department. Uh, also too, we are putting in big barriers to keep people out of our neighborhoods. Well, you know you want to make sure that when you put these barriers in that they're still fire truck accessible. Work with your fire department. You have any questions ever whether you're in a rural area. Or if you're in the urban area check with your fire department ask them to look at it take recommendations these are absolutely great ideas so i see some of these gated communities they can't these the fire departments can't get in my home on the river is a gated community uh and uh, they we get into it all the time up there because the fire department does not have access to that somebody's got to run up there and unlock that gate well we're not even talking about health safety issues. Somebody having a heart attack or something, that's another problem with having them locked up and people can't get in. But, you know, if you got uh, that and the fire trucks or not, and, you know, time is the essence, just like health purposes and reasons. So you want to make sure that you have, if there is a gate, I'm not against the gates. Gates are great, you know, but you want to make sure that the fire department has ability to get through. So just talk with your fire department. See about what they recommend. They're the best ones to use. And uh, so then number three is when you're building, try to do a fireproof design. A lot of our old materials, you know, building materials that I grew up with and what I used, you know, for years and years. Wow. Wow. You know they're just like kindling. You know they just burn like nobody's business. You know Uh, we're going to talk about some of that as we go along. But now we have so many different types of fire-resistant material. There's really no reason that we actually have to build and make our homes unsafe to be in. Uh, You know, think about some of that. You know we want to think about what we could do not whether we're urban or rural, what we can do to be fire safe. You know, because actually, so you think, well, in the big forest fires, and they're coming across, well, that could catch your house a fire. And, oh, absolutely. But for us folks, as some of us folks that live, have places and property in town, if the house catches a fire next to you and the embers is floating flying through the air, it's nothing for them to land on your old asphalt roof or, or in a brush pile or land on your old dead weeds. And next thing you know, you have a fire. So try to implement a building design that's fireproof or as fireproof as we can get. Really, I don't know if there's any such thing as fireproof. We're using that word, but more fire retardant. And uh, them are the things you know we want to think about, and some of that is is some of the materials you can actually have fire resistant roofing and siding you know i you think really I, folks, there is action now you look at your shingles and they have class rating for fire retardant now we used to use a lot of wood shingles then wood shingles kind of disappeared because they was nothing but a huge fire problem. But not anymore. You can actually buy fire-retardant wood shingles. Asphalt shingles, which is like a, oh, you know, I mean, that you talk about fire, you know, them things really blow up on you. Well, they actually have... I know it sounds crazy. This is how great we've advanced. We literally have fire retardant asphalt shingles out there too. So think about that. We're going to talk about some of these other things like windows. You know, we buck frame our windows and we frame our windows in with wood, well, uh, wood studs. Now, it's because basically we frame our houses in with wood studs right? Today, metal is actually in competition with our wood because our woods went crazy high in price, but that's a short-lived thing. I got a feeling that'll balance out and then metal will be be higher, but at least use the best material for your home for framing. I can appreciate that. I mean, it costs a lot of money, but around your windows, make sure that you put metal around it and then we're going to talk about a little bit about caulking too, and then fireproof around your windows, any kind of gaps and such with fireproof material. These are ways that because what happens is that you got a you got a little bit of a, 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 a oh, like a chimney effect, and from the inside of your house to the outside, and that just sucks that fire right in. And for you folks that are older, you probably remember the movie Backdraft. A backdraft was a perfect example how that fire gets in behind the walls. Oh, folks, I should make that. That's a great movie to watch. Go back and look at that because even though it's really not about fireproofing your home, it does show how fire is a living entity of its own that you can. And so it talks about, you know, the danger of it. Yeah, but it also kind of shows you where you might think about doing some fireproofing at. Uh, Now, a lot of us in our rural urban areas, we have fire codes and things we have to follow. Uh, but you don't have that in the rural area, and in wherever codes are not being used, you don't have any of that either. So you, these this is why this show is so great for you to be listening to. Also, now, I know I'm going to be stepping on some toes on this one, but I have to because this is really a huge problem. Wooden decks. We love our decks. I know I do. I love my covered deck a ton. But, and, and it's a cheap building material, so that's why we use wood. But now, we can literally get wood that's fireproof for our decks. Try, oh, isn't that great? So, decks, you know, so we, we think about a fire. Where do we get our fire from on our decking material? Uh, well, say, for instance, I'm barbecuing on the deck, and I spill something. Our ashes get out. Or, you know, there's a ton of things that happen out there. Maybe we got Sitserella candles going for to keep the mosquitoes down. Somebody knocks it over. Poof. Well, that's a big problem. But what if your deck is, catches a fire from being fire coming from outside and you're trying to get out of your home and your deck, whether it be front porch, back porch, whatever, is probably one of your primary exit points of your home, then you don't have any way out. You're going to have to go through that fire. So think about that. And some of the things we could do for that, if it's a low deck, maybe we use concrete patio instead. Actually, that's cheaper than wood anyway, so that's a great idea. But you can use dry tile, you can use brick for your decks, stones for your decks, you know, things like this. You could really make it look great. And uh, these are, so you're enhancing the value, you're making it look prettier, and... You're making it a heck of a lot safer for you, your children, and your pets. So think about that. Uh, oh, let's jump back on sighting for a little bit. So years ago, when we talked about this on some of our other shows, and uh, sighting. I remember years ago, and I know I got, I'm not going to mention your name out there, uh, Jack, but you'd... Uh, <laughs> you know what i'm talking about so we had a house we used to be we used to actually seal our cedar siding with diesel fuel diesel fuel you're like well that's insane well yeah kind of you know but before back in the days before we had all this great sealant that was a you know one of the ideas that we use now at first, you know, you gotta let that diesel fuel evaporate, but the oils of the fuel impregnate into the wood, and it makes a fabulous sealant for our siding. But one time we did a, we did actually it was the last time we ever did it, and we we always told everybody don't barbecue. Don't give it to forty-eight hours. Twenty-four hours is probably sufficient. But we always said give it forty-eight hours to evaporate, because in case of moisture or humidity or whatever for evaporation of the diesel fuel. Uh, make sure you before you don't do any barbecuing. Well, apparently somebody didn't get the memo, and they caught their house a fire. A air burnt it down. So you know that's a you can't. That that's why that's another good reason why we want to make sure that you know accidents happen. And we want to be fireproof. So think about that because these are great ways of doing it. So we do take care of our, our our all our wood treatment. Now, we're going to talk more about that as we're going into this a little bit further. But let's talk about reducing some of the fire sources in and around the home. We're all guilty of this at one time or another. But remove the debris from your roof and gutters. You know, a lot of people have their gutters. They don't get cleaned out. And then they get leaves into it. And then they got little trees, you know, or maple trees love to grow little trees up inside of there. And I got this on some of our YouTube videos where the folks are doing this. Well, when when it's wet, okay, fine, you know, no worries. But if it's not and it dries out and then you got some of the limbs and stuff that's fell onto the roof, you know, and you just haven't got to it all of this are areas that could literally burn your house down clean up your gutters clean any debris off the roof you know make sure that it's you know there's nothing there that could catch a fire i want you to also do this i want you to check for your power overhead lines now a lot of our newer subdivisions are all underground so that's really not as important for us underground lines are fabulous. But a lot of our areas still have our ugly looking lines that are floating above in the sky. And so anytime you have a a limb or a storm come through there and a limb falls on our power line, that could also cause a problem. Uh, Say, you know, because now you got a live wire sitting on the ground sparking and, and Lord only knows what. And now a lot of our... Uh, or electric companies they do a fabulous job of keeping it clean they call them right away areas and uh, so they try to do a they do a good job but they got it in a cycle and they might not get back to you for a few years so you know because they can only do so much at one time so you want to make sure that you have if you have anything don't you be up there cutting on it contact the power company they'll be happy to come out there to cut it for you um, i know some of the power companies when they go out there we have a rural area of i'm not going to mention the the rural company here but it's the largest uh rural electric company in the state of missouri them folks are horrible about their tree cutting Oh my star. They uh, last time they went through there in our area, they literally cut everything. They cut things down that didn't need to be cut. They left things in the way, they left safety hazards. So, yeah, I know there's drawbacks. Stay with them, keep complaining, sooner or later you get them to get over there and take care of it, you know. And uh, but, you know, that's just a small drawback to your house catching a fire. So, watch for the power lines. Great idea. Now also, let's think about inside our house. Let's start decluttering our home. You know, you think, what? You know, yeah, the more stuff you got in your home, the easier it is for the fire to spread. So if you got an inside fire, or you get a spark that gets into it from the outside, it just goes right through your house. And if you got, like, believe it or not, a lot of people got a lot of paper and, and well and you know especially as older people you know in my generation we got our old files and such we got boxes and boxes of files you know from business to taxes to everything I mean tons I mean pictures all this stuff and uh, so declutter this if you can try to digitize it you know that helps that clothes a lot of folks literally have clothes up on clothes upon clothes you know, and them are they spread that fire through there. If they don't fit, or they're too old, or, <laughs> yeah, and I know, I know my wife's gonna laugh when she hears this. because I, I, I probably got some some of my 1970s clothes. They're out of date. They look stupid anyway. You'd never wear them. You probably don't fit in them. Just get rid of them. And besides, you know, you're doing a favor to not to yourself. You're doing it to favor to whoever could maybe recycle these clothes. So it's a win-win for everybody. Go through there to take care of that. Go out into your garage, you know, and take get get, talking about decluttering that garage is one of the major hot spots of catching a house of fire. We were not going to get into a lot of that right now. Uh, but you want to make sure, you know, we got our lawnmowers in there. So that means we probably got gas appliances, gas, you know, gas machinery in there. We probably got our gasoline in there. We probably got our oil for our, our uh, for our lawn equipment or maybe for our cars. You know, when we are running our cars in there, which a lot of folks run their cars in the wintertime, you know, heat them up before they get in there. It makes sense, right? Well, you want to make sure that you uh, have that all. Keep your doors open for one. While you're running your car, if it's a gasoline combustible engine, uh, make sure your doors are open. But that's not for fire as much as that's for carbon monoxide. But you want to make sure that it's safe. You got a, your door going from your home. We got fire-rated doors uh, in, that goes from your garage to your into your home. Actually, the same fire-rated doors can also be applied from uh, from your front door, your back door, coming off your deck. All of this great. Hey, this is great ideas and really will help you a tremendous amount, saving you. We got drywall going from our living area to our home in our garage. And that's usually a fire rated. We're going to talk a little bit about that as we go along. But these are hot spots that you want to make sure is good to go and safe. People say, well, Troy, I have an electric car. I don't have that problem. Oh, yes, you do. You might even have a bigger problem. Because that electricity is definitely you get a little spark from that, bang, you got it. You might even get that for just as fast or faster than your combustible engine, so don't think for a second having an electric car is going to be keeping you safe. I'm not against electric cars; I'm just wanting you to be safe about it and not be misled about safety when it comes to that also now, this is one that hits close to home for me big. I love making these. It's a hobby of mine. And taking out your candles. I have a lot of candles. I love making candles. But candles definitely are very dangerous. Heck, I bought a home uh, at a rehab to flip several years ago that somebody had burnt a curtain or burned it down to the ground because they fell asleep or somehow, I don't really know what happened, but the candle got knocked over somehow pet, child, something, and it caught the house afire. People smoking cigarettes in their house was another one. You know, they fall asleep and they're smoking that cigarette. They That ashes and that fire falls down onto your combustible uh, blankets or something, which are carpeting, which we're going to talk about some of that as we go along on this show. And uh, so that's these are ways, but hey, pick your candles up. Now, what I do with my candles is I have a, f- a few that we burn on, you know, that I'm using, uh, but the rest of it I keep in a controlled environment. So as that... And I didn't even do that until I started doing this research uh, that, you know, I just had them everywhere, you know, uh, candles all over the place. Uh, but I keep now in a controlled environment like and, and actually mine, I put them in a cooler. Uh, an old metal cooler and uh you know and i just found an old junk metal cooler i stuck them in but that's because i have a lot of candles so it's but that works great for me but declutter out your home take out your candles you know and any kind of like bamboo sticks you know that works great oil diffusers work great wax warming systems these are a good alternative to candles if that's what you're trying to get I think candles are great because in case of a power emergency, you can have them. And actually, I talk about that on some of our shows about emergency use and what to do during disasters. So I'm not saying don't have them. I'm saying just think about what you're doing when you do have them so as that you don't get caught and have a problem. All right. Now we're going to go over to one that really is a big issue, and that is cleaning out your dryer lint. Now, I did this research on it, and uh, I've been told by fire departments for years, the number one reason houses catch a fire is from dr- lint. Lint is so, far so combustible that, well, here's a good tip. we take the, What we do is we take that lint out. Now, I think you should take your lint out every single time you do a drying of a new load. It's easier for your dryer. It's going to save you money for energy, et cetera, et cetera. But I take this lint out, and I stuff it inside little toilet paper holders, you know, your little cardboard holders your paper was on. Great fire starters. That's just how combustible that stuff is. Poof! That stuff, boy, I mean, it just takes off, and it gets hot fast. So great fire starter, but you don't want it to have built up. Now, not only do you have that that, good tip, Good tip, right? get a pen and paper out on this one. It's not just your dryer that has the lint in it. You also have lint in your dryer line going from your dryer to the exterior. And a lot of it gets caught upon your exhaust vent going out of your house. Look at that, see what it looks like, keep it clean. Yes, it's gonna help your clothes dry faster. It's gonna save you electricity and it's also going to help save you from burning your house down now they said to clean it every four you know your dryer vent out in your dryer every four to six loads i don't agree with that i say do it every single time it don't take any time and if you're a barbecuer, Hey, do save them. Or you got a friend that loves to barbecue or has a fireplace or a wood stove? Save them, let trap uh, bombs for them. You know, with the toilet paper, they'll love it. Hey, nothing else. It's a great little holiday gift. It'll cost you nothing, and yet you put a little bow tie around it, a little tie, uh, ribbon around it, and ah, uh, ah, <laughs> oh, that's so funny. But anyway, uh, that's because I've done it. But anyway, that's a great idea here. And then, uh, then let's talk about a little bit about our electricity. As we're going along with this, I know I'm throwing a ton of stuff at you folks. uh, So that's why you need to listen to this show more several times over. But if you're constantly tripping your breaker, well, that's telling you, you got some electrical issues and that means that that breaker is overheating over there. It gets hot when a, when a trip like that, you're drawing too much electricity out of it so either get a uh, call electrician to correct that electrical issues and if you don't have the money for that then i would like to see you at least break it down don't put all your load on that one put your microwave on one and then put your something you know uh, something your uh, your uh, your, uh, crock pot or something on another one try to break it up into so you got different breakers you know that so as that you're not overloading your service also I want you to look around and make sure about your electrical. Make sure all your plugs are good. You know, reach down there. Make sure they're not loose. Your outlets, your your switches, make sure they're not loose. You know, if you have a loose outlet or a loose switch when you turn it on, every time you push or you pull on that outlet or that switch, you're loosening that wire up a little bit more. And every time that wire, and that's what causes fire, is that little spark. Because when that electric has to make that arc, and jump across to make hit the power that creates a higher voltage that also actually creates a a bigger hazard for fire and when you got the dust and everything behind the walls that you already automatically are going to have you know from natural living in a home so these are great areas to watch out for also we all do it i know but try your very best not to put your extension cords try to not use extension cords but if you got to use an extension cord which we do, you know. Tried not to put it underneath the carpeting, because if you put it underneath the carpeting, it could get, be getting warm. You might be overloading it, and then you got another fire hazard. These are good, simple tips to make sure, uh, make sure the outlets, the end of the plugs, or that on your uh, extension cords are all safe because you that could be not only could it electrocute you but it could also be a fire hazard. So good wires, good plugs, good outlets, you know, all putting the right amount of power to it. Now, we're doing a lot more out there for safety issues on our newer homes when it comes to electric than we used to. But for most of us don't live in a newer home. Most of us live in a older home, so we got to make sure that we're being heads up and paying attention. All right, now here's another one replace any suspected appliance suspect appliances say if you got a light or you know i'm just using that as an example and you know you're putting that bulb into it and it seems like you know how you turn it turn it turn it and It seems like that all of a sudden my outlet you know my, my that my bulb fits into my fixture is loose well that's a fire problem get rid of it if you unless you know how to repair it get rid of it you don't need to get in trouble you don't need to get hurt uh, also you can a lot of times you can just smell the if it's overheating it smells funny especially if it's an appliance and if appliance is not working correctly and it's burning I have inspected a lot of properties wherever the appliances were making a bad smell and you just knew that it was there was a little electrical issues them are great places to make sure that you take care of so and now also our lighting, when we're on electricity, let's just stay over on our lighting for a minute here. Um, like in our closets. We used to have a lot, we still do have a lot of incandescent bulbs out there. Incandescent bulbs are old-fashioned light bulbs. that You know, I love them. Uh, we all do. They're cheap to make. But they get really hot. Uh, and actually, some of us, and we all have done it, probably used them for like a heat bulb, heat lamp or something in, in our area as well. That's because they do get so hot. Well, if that's in your closet and you have clothes that are close to it, then put a globe over that light. Don't put so much clutter over around that light. And sometimes what happens is we get so much clutter in our closets that even though it's fine now when I, sh- I shut the door, then it falls over and it's laying right on top of that light bulb. And phew, there you go. You got your, I mean, you created your own fire. You burnt your own house down. LED lights are very low heat. They're great to use in that application, especially in closets. It's going to save you money anyway in the long run. But any place that it's getting close to a wall or any fire combustionable areas, make sure that your light bulbs you are, if you can't use LED, at least use some sort of safety device so the heat doesn't transfer over into it. So think about that. All right, now we're going to talk about a little bit about the furnishings that we have in our home that are made from natural material. A lot of our modern furnishings are made from synthetic materials and they're derived from petrochemicals. And petrochemicals, petro, you know, oil products, you know, very much burn. Actually, I under, I've been told by the fire district. Now, I'm just telling you what I've been told. I, I've never done a lot of research on this. But more people die from smoke inhalation than they do of being burned alive. Because these houses, when they catch a fire, oh, they stink. That carpeting burns. It puts out a poisonous gas. A lot of our furnishings, our and, and paints or stains, all, a lot of our old stuff, when they burn, they put forth a horrible smell that could literally kill you. And, uh, you know, folks, that's just nothing that we want to see. So, or, or even be around and you, you know, it, it, it's gross. Uh, so, and once it lights, it just goes crazy it's not just burning but it's like an accelerant on your on your stuff. So think about that. Think about trying to use when you can like your, on your flooring if you can use it, try to think about tile, you know, the stone, there's all kinds of other products out there. We actually have now a lot of fireproof flooring material. We have fireproof carpeting now. Really? We honestly got fireproof carpeting we even got fireproof paint you know to help stop any you know the fire from spreading the think about all these little trick ideas whenever you're building your home or you're even just remodeling your home that will help you tremendous so think about that and you know the toxic fumes is one but also you know the other of of burning up and spreading the fire is a big one too next one practice safety with space heaters Space heaters, especially the old electric ones. Oh, I mean, every single year we hear people's houses burning down because of this. We hear people's houses burning down during the holiday seasons because of these electric space heaters or the kerosene space heaters. You know another one that burns a lot of houses down? For us for us people that love to cook, this is going to be one we don't want to hear, but we do love to deep fat fry our turkeys, Right. I do. My family loves a deep fat fried turkey. Well, don't do your deep fat frying on your deck, you know, or anywhere, anywhere where it could actually catch a fire. For one, you got open fire and then you got a big old pot of grease that's hot, 250, 300 degrees. <sighs> Folk, can you just, you can you can just imagine if that gets tipped over that fire, just how fast that fire spreads. On your deck, anything now that that so you got a, oh, I got a fireproof deck, Troy. no worries. well, hey, you may or I got all stone. it's not going to hurt anything. Well yes, it will because it's not burning that part, it's burning the grease that goes straight to your home or right to the fire where your house could catch a fire. so these are things that you want to make sure that you're taking care of. so these are some of the items that we need to be looking for, but let's talk about now safety features of our home well we talked about fire alarms smoke alarms and other shows and so go back and talk about it. i'm not going to get a whole lot into that right now but yeah that's a great place to go to to check out for you know uh, to check for different fire issues or smoke uh, uh, i shouldn't say fire issues but for alarm systems but make sure that your smoke alarms are working properly you know uh you want to that's a that's that's number one you know i i don't care that you shouldn't wait till the batteries did if you replace that smoke alarm when that battery's already dead or it's chirping folks you waited too long just just for what a cost of a battery you can't put a price tag what a battery costs a buck for a good battery a battery you know versus uh you know you lose your little doggy or your child or something so make sure just throw them away twice a year Normally we like to do it during time change for us. It actually for us folks that are literally in there, check them, hit the button, hit the button now. If you and see if it chirps and see if the alarm goes off. If it's in a newer home, all our smoke alarms are designed to they go out through the whole home and alarm and wake up. You know to wake you up. So it's just one alarm not going to go off. Every alarm in the house. But if you have more, like most of us do on our older homes, it's just one alarm, one sound. So make sure that you get you keep them checked. Make sure you're good to go. Keep fire extinguishers on hand. For if you burn wood, you burn anything. You know, if you burn fire, keep it down by the fireplace. Keep it down there by your dryer. Keep one out there by in your. Keep one in your garage. You know, and for people like myself who burn fire, I burn wood for heat. I keep one close to my wood stove. Uh, actually, I even ask for them. For Christmas presents, holiday presents, so folks, that's a great gift too. you're looking for something to give to your somebody that don't cost but maybe ten fifteen dollars, but it's a great practical gift. Get them a, sm- a fire extinguisher, get them a couple of them you know it's good to have them in even in your cars you know in boats we're all supposed to have one in our boats, so why not put one in your car? put it behind the seat and you know cars catch a fire all the time next thing very very important have a plan have a fire plan have a meeting with the family talk to them twice a year just a quick overcat you know just to say okay we have a fire nighttime where do we do how are you getting out of your bedroom how are you getting out of here what exits are this or that also where are you going to meet you know that's a big one where are we going to meet where are we going to all catch up together well because we don't really know you know if we where everybody's at make sure you know where your pets are at sadly i mean i could tell you too many horror stories about people losing their children and their pets because they got to go back these are places that we want to make sure that we take care of we have a good working plan and now you got an upper story home Put some of these fire ladders, they got them on chains, they just wrap up, they're really easy, and they just throw right on out and just get right outside of there. Make sure that way you can just crawl and go out your ladder, and if it's a second level. If it's in the basement and you have a bedroom, make sure that you have access to get out of that bedroom. You know, we call it egress windows, but we still go down there and we maybe we fall asleep in our family room, our man cave or something. You know, you got to have a way to get out of there. Make sure you think about that. That should be part of your safety plan, making sure that you know where you're going and how you're going to get out of it. So these are all great ideas. You know, I got a whole bunch more. Actually, what I want you to I got a whole bunch more tips here, but we're running short on time on our show. Follow us on our facebook page our youtube page our instagram uh, uh, rumble all of this we're going to be doing a whole series on different fireproofing methods and ideas check out our new blogs we're going to start blogging more and uh, to send out our newsletters if you're interested in our newsletter contact us and we'll send we'd be happy to send it to you you know, we don't really advertise on it. I don't send a bunch of stuff on there from everybody out there trying to make a buck off of you. It's purely educational. You know, folks, these ideas I give you today, I know some of them are common sense. Some of them you don't even know about. You can actually fireproof all your wood in your house when you build your home. Ooh, what a great idea. You know, they actually have, and commercial building has been doing this for years. Fireproof drywall, fireproof carpeting. Fireproof carpet for the hearth, rock wool insulation for fire blocking. Rock wool insulation is a, it's actually a co compliant for that. Fireproof caulking, fireproof siding, fireproof wood stain. Remember we talked about that in painting. Fireproof window shutters, fireproof window covers, fireproof. Hey, here's a good one. Nobody, I bet a lot of folks never think of. And we're going to do a whole series on this, and that's enough kitchen on how to fireproof. But there's actually fireproof kitchen backsplashes. Listen to – take your time. Listen to the show. Contact me if you have any questions. Just – I just pray that this show can help somebody maybe process – I hope that it could save a life. You know, it's well worth every penny that we're investing in our time to give you this show and every minute of your time that you're listening to this show. So you can maybe help save you, your friends, your families are your pets it's just that important well folks i want to thank you for listening to our show I really have enjoyed giving it for you and i'm going to give one more shout out here might be the last time i ever get to do this for my friend here joey joey's he's has been our producer now for several years uh so ever since we started doing it actually great guy love him a lot uh, he's he just he's tremendous he looks like he's going to be going on a new radio station and uh, and uh going to be a great radio station he's going to be a great asset to him we're going to still try to talk him in to try to do some work with us or maybe we can work with him on his and uh, his new station but uh hey th- i want to say th- shout out to joey thank you very much sir we greatly appreciate your time my wife and i dearly love you She she said you was a sweetheart I don't know what that means. Do I need to go back and talk with her? (laughs) Oh, God bless all of you folks. Thank you very much. Love it. And have any questions? Give us a call. Galloway Building Services. Phone number. I should have gave that from the beginning. 636-394-3112. You can also find us out there on YouTube and uh, all over the place. Galloway Building Services. Thanks, folks. Appreciate you. God bless each and every one of you. Sponsored by Troy Galloway and Galloway Building Services, your top choice for professional home inspections in the St. Louis area. GallowayBuildingServices.com